well, how do you pray for healing? What's the proper way to go about that? John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, who was a great evangelist, a great preacher of the Word of God, when the church would not let him preach inside, he just simply got on a stump and began to preach. He would preach to coal miners. He would preach to people who would ever listen to him preach the Word. But in all of his traveling and in all of his preaching, Wesley said this, on 24 occasions, the Lord's hand healed my bodily illnesses, which enabled me to continue traveling and preaching. Now, that's a powerful quote in and of itself. Look at that. 24 occasions, the Lord's hand healed my bodily illness. John Wesley didn't limit the message of healing just to the healing of our sins. But he understood that Christ bore our sins and our sicknesses. And further, if you'll look at this quote, when God healed him, God enabled him or empowered him so that he could continue to travel and to preach. And friends, I want to tell you, it's the will of God to touch and to heal you so you can continue to serve God. We may not travel like John Wesley did, but there are things that you're doing as a dad or as a mom, as an employer or an employee, as a retiree. There are things that you're doing as a student. And listen to me, students, when you're studying, God will reward you just as much for your faithfulness with your studies as he would do any missionary or any pastor for the work that they're doing. God healed me on 24 occasions of my bodily illnesses and thereby enabled me to continue to travel and to preach. That's a powerful statement. One of the things that we've learned in this series, that the, one of the Lord's redemptive names that he reveals himself to us by is Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord who heals me. And I've taken you all the way back to the book of Exodus, and we have looked as we've built a foundational case for healing from the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, some people don't like to use the Old Testament. I think that's wrong. Uh, the Old Testament is the Bible. And if you read just your New Testament, you're, reading, you're missing so much of what God said in the Old Testament. And then there are some people that um, they just, it doesn't matter if God was to write it with his own fingertip on their wall, they would still doubt. But I want you to be people, especially at Woodland Church, that you trust the Word of God and you believe the Word of God. Jesus replying to them, I want you to look at Mark eleven twenty two with me. Jesus replying to, said to them, have faith in God. And then you'll notice the amplified version breaks that out and helps you to see the tense of the word constantly. In other words, this is an ongoing aspect of faith. God wants you to hold on to your faith. God wants you to continue to trust him and to believe him. So with that in mind, if you're at home tonight, would you just take your Bible or your notes that you're following along with me? And I want you to notice how many times the word touch is used in this passage of Scripture I'm going to read to you. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She could find no cure. And coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe, and immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked, and everyone denied it. And Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. Some translations said, are touching you. Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. Notice that. I want you to notice that emphasis. Someone deliberately touched me. 
Well, when the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. And the whole crowd heard her explain, heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to you, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. A number of years ago, well, not actually that long ago, I was asked to come and speak to a, a, a fairly sizable church in another denomination. And I came to find out it was some people within the church that had kind of pressured their pastor about having me to come speak and share my story. Well, in meeting with him, I said, listen, I don't have to come. I wouldn't want anybody doing that to me from my congregation. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't respond very well to that. So I'm I'm happy not to come, and you can just say that I chose not to come and to share. Well, he was kind of taken with the fact that I wasn't trying to worm my way in, and uh, he wanted to know my story, so I shared with him my story. I had the privilege of going and preaching to that congregation the message of healing. There are a lot of churches that pray for healings. As a matter of fact, I think most people... I think most churches that I'm aware of, whether you're a Catholic church or you're a Protestant church, the people pray for healing. And some of us pray in different ways. I, I never fault people for how they pray. Some people are very loud and demonstrative when they pray for others to be sick. Some people are, uh, I think, are, are very quiet. And typically when I pray with people, I don't really try to be loud and demonstrative. I will ask them and then most of the time, I'll pray with them in a tone of voice just like I'm praying with you right now. Maybe a little softer since uh, a lot of times when I'm praying, there's other people around. But one of the things that I don't see Jesus ever doing is trying to make a big dramatic scene or a dramatic spectacle about healing. As a matter of fact, I would submit to you there's greater integrity and there's a greater sense of depth to people who are not trying to make a spectacle and build a, quote, healing ministry so that they can get offerings and get big crowds, but they're just really trying to do what Jesus did, and that was tap into the power of God to see people saved and healed. I think another thing that's important here in this passage of Scripture as well is that this woman had heard about Jesus. She wasn't touching his garments because she thought there was magic. There was nothing magic about this. Magic and faith do not go together. And I know we use that word magic sometimes because we, it just makes us feel good. You know, we go to the magic kingdom at Disney World. Steve Jobs was famous for saying about his devices like an iPad. It's magical, you know, all the things it could do. You know, he was a tech guy. He knew that wasn't magic. It was technology at work. But there, is, there are people, and there are people who believe in, in magic, and they're trying to manipulate powers, spiritual powers, and you just simply can't manipulate God, and you can't manipulate Jesus. He, he responds to faith, and he responds to trust, and this woman was trusting Jesus. Sometimes people that we pray for, they're not healed, and 
we maybe are afraid then to pray for anybody else because we're embarrassed. We, maybe we feel like that uh, there's some sense of failure or shame on our part. And you should never feel shamed. You should never feel ashamed or you should never feel embarrassed if you pray for somebody and they're not healed. I want to get all of this out on the table. It's going to take me two messages to get through this, uh, this message tonight on how to pray for healing. I want you to be bold. I want you to trust God, and I want you to pray the prayer of faith and leave the healing in the hands of God. Leave the timing of the healing in the hands of God. Leave the way that God heals, the way, the method that God heals with. Leave that in the hands of God. Let's stop being self-conscious. It's okay to be self-aware, but let's stop being self-conscious. It's not about us in the first place. It's all about God's glory, and it's about the person that's sick that we're praying for. Or if you're sick and you're praying for yourself, it's about praying for you. And I've seen and I've heard, and there's nothing really that makes me more. It really does make me angry, and it's of righteous anger. I don't apologize for being angry, but... Through the years, I've had people to tell me, you know, the reason they didn't get healed, some, they went to a healing ministry and they told them the reason they didn't get healed is it was because they lacked faith or maybe they weren't really saved or maybe there was a, de a demon living in them. That's those people making an excuse for why somebody wasn't healed. You don't have to make excuses. As a matter of fact, I love what Johnny Erickson said to somebody one time that told Johnny, said, Johnny, there must be sin in your life because uh, he told her the story. He read it to Johnny as though she didn't know it already. He read the story to Johnny about how these four friends of, of, a, of a lame man, they tore the roof apart and they lured their lame friend in front of Jesus. And Jesus was being attacked by the Pharisees. Jesus was being attacked by his enemies. And attacking them, Jesus knew he wasn't tweaking their nose, but he was just really showing them the Son of God did have authority to forgive sins. And so he looked at this man, and his illness may have been caused by some sin. I don't know. You don't know. The Bible doesn't really say, but Jesus looked at the man and says, your sins are forgiven you, and the man was instantly healed. Well, Jesus not only knew the man was going to be healed, but he knew this was really going to tick these Pharisees off. And and he was on his way to Calvary to suffer and die for our sins. And so this, this, this young man was telling Johnny, Johnny, there must be something wrong. There must be sin in your life for you not to be healed yet. And Johnny looked at him, and his name was David. And she looked at him, and she says, David, she said, thank you for praying for me. But she says, I don't think there's hidden sin in my life. She says, but I would like to point out something to you. She said it was the men who had faith that lured their lame friend into the presence of Jesus, and it was their faith that got him there and tore up the roof. She said, how is your faith? Well, it made David angry. And you see, you know then that somebody's heart is not quite right, because when you're dealing with those that are are disabled, when you're dealing with those that are emotionally disabled, when you're dealing with people who are sick and suffering, and you try to heap condemnation upon them because they're not healed, you're not taking the proper responsibility yourself. And really, I don't take responsibility for healing anybody, so it doesn't make me angry when somebody says, isn't healed, or somebody says to me, why weren't they healed? 
I just tell them, I said, I leave the timing of the healing. I leave the method of the healing. I leave it all in God's hand. My responsibility and your responsibility is to pray in this way. Let's walk through this. Number one, pray with faith that God can heal you. Pray with faith that God can heal you. God has the power to make you well. God has the, not only the power, but the ability. One word from the mouth of Jesus. One word, God can totally heal you. He can cause the blind to see. He can cause the lame to walk. I've shared this story with our congregation before. I had flown in from overseas where I had been preaching for two weeks. My family picked me up at the airport. And because of some poor scheduling, I had to speak that night. And we made another flight. And I... I had to speak, and there was a woman that was blind in the congregation. And while I'm sitting on the platform, I mean, I've got jet lag. I am tired. There's a woman in the congregation that she's blind. And I, I leaned over to the pastor because it was one of the churches where you sat on the platform, and there were several hundred people there that night. And I said, correct me if I'm wrong, but this lady, and I pointed her out, described what she was wearing and what she looked like. I said, she's blind, isn't she? And he said, yes, she is. Well, I didn't tell him what the Lord had laid on my heart, that God was going to heal her. I was so tired, and I, I literally said this in my spirit, Lord, I believe you can heal her. I know you can heal her, but if she's going to be healed, it's not because I've got the energy to pray for her. I've barely got the energy to get up here and talk tonight. But the Lord was faithful. I was able to preach, and <clears throat> I was able to pray with many people that night. And when that lady came up, I just whispered that same prayer to the Lord. Lord, I know you can, but I'm not feeling very powerful. I'm not feeling very faith-filled. I just want you to know you, that I know that you can. And when I laid hands upon her and prayed for her, God completely and instantaneously healed her. I called back two weeks later, and just to be sure, and they said, it's the talk of the town how God has instantly healed her. A doctor even testified, was willing to come to the church and to testify about God's healing power. One time a man's son was sick and he asked Jesus, he says, Lord, if you can, you know, and Jesus looked at him and says, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. And the father cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. You see, what I was doing while I was sitting on that platform, I was basically saying, Lord, I believe you can. But, you know, if you're looking for anything from me other than getting up and preaching tonight and, and praying for people, if you're looking, Lord, I don't have it in myself to give, but I know you can. Help me and help her. Friends, God will always honor an honest prayer. God will always honor an honest heart. It's not about psyching yourself up. It's, it's not about pumping yourself up. As a matter of fact, it's not about you and your works at all. Healing is not about your works. You're saved by grace and you're healed by grace. It isn't faith that heals you. It's faith that brings you to God to trust him. We looked at this carefully, if you remember. I think it was three weeks ago. We looked at this carefully. How that the, the Bible says that Jesus bore our sins and he bore our sicknesses to the cross. And in that message, I said, it's really easy for us to believe God will forgive us of our sins by grace, 
But it's very difficult sometimes for us to believe that God will heal us of our sicknesses by that same grace as well. And friends, tonight I want to say to you, all you need to do is just come to God and say, Lord, I believe, I know you can, help me with the rest of it. Secondly, receive God's love tonight. Receive God's love. One of the things you've got to know when you come to God in prayer is you've got to know that God really does love you. God is not angry at you. God is not punishing you with sickness. God doesn't punish you for your sins. He punished Jesus for your sins. Sin carries its own punishment. If I live in sin, sin is punishing me. I'm being punished by sin. And when I sin against somebody, sin is bringing punishment into their lives as well. So we have to get rid of this thing. Well, maybe the reason I'm sick is God is punishing me. You know, we've already looked at why we get rid of this thing of, of why, you know, it may be God's will for me to be sick. God doesn't put sickness on people. What we have to look at is that Jesus bore our sins and our sicknesses. And I just want you to get tonight, before I, I keep moving on with this, I want you to get how much God loves you. Look with me at the book of Ephesians chapter 2. God, your father, my father, Sunday morning we talked about how we could call him daddy, Abba father. God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when we were raised, when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Now look at this. He loved us. Look at that preposition. So much. It's like when I grab my grandsons and I go, I love you so much. Or I grab one of my kids. I love you so much. I, it's not enough to say I love you a lot. I want to say so much. I want him to get it. God wanted you to get it. He loved you so much. But notice how he saved you. He didn't save you by your faith. You're saved by grace through faith. Now, I, I want to be clear about that. We're saved by grace through faith. We're healed by grace through faith as well. Grace is when God gives me what I don't deserve. Isn't that wonderful? Mercy is when he doesn't give me what I do deserve. And so he saved us by grace, and he gives us what we don't deserve. I don't deserve to be healed tonight. I don't deserve to be well and to be whole. Neither do you. It's all a matter of God loving us. Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. I want to say to you, beloved, tonight, God loves you. God cares about you. God wants to heal you. God can heal you tonight. So the third thing I'd say when you pray about healing is, first of all, know God can, know God loves you, and then have faith in God. And you go, I know that. But what I want you to do is see him as he really is. See God as he really is. See God in all of his glory. See him in all of his splendor. You say, I want to know what God is like. Read the Gospels. Become very familiar with the Gospels. Because when you've seen the Son, you've seen the Father. And when you read those wonderful stories about Jesus and the Gospels, and they're more than just narratives. They're more than just history. 
It's the living word of God that the Holy Spirit will make come so alive in your life as you read them. The problem that I find so many times is people do not take time to read the Bible. They at least read the Gospels. You've got time for Facebook. You've got time for Twitter. Did you know a study came out this, just this last week? It's official now. Americans spend more time on social media than they get sleep at night. Now think about that. Americans spend more time on social media than they do sleeping at night. Friends, there's something wrong in our culture. I mean, we're not sleeping enough as it is. Studies show that the average person needs at least eight hours of rest and sleep a night. Sleep is one of the ways that your body replenishes itself and restores itself and heals itself. Remember, we looked at in one of the messages how that God gives us our bodies this wonderful ability, divinely created, to heal and to recover. Sleep is one of the ways that he does that. And yet many people go to bed with their phones. Many people go to bed with their iPads or watching television and their minds are clicking and the light from those screens, they, they diminish the amount of melatonin that are in, is in your body. And we're looking at screens. We're looking at pixelated images. We're looking at life that really doesn't exist and people taking selfies to get the best shot of themselves. Everybody's got their best shot. I took a photo of someone recently and they said to me, oh, don't ever show that picture. That's not my best side. And I like for my picture to be taken this way. We all do that. You know, we look for the best side of ourselves. Let's put our phones down and let's see God as he really is. Did you know James 5.14, I'm not going to read that right now, but James 5.14 says to me that by the time that the book of James was written, the church had already established prayer for healing in the church. James said, if there's any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church, let them anoint them with oil and pray the prayer of faith over them. And if they've committed any sins, they'll be forgiven. Think about the lame man that I talked about a few minutes ago. And he will be healed. She will be healed. So I, I would say to you, already in the early church, after Jesus had ascended, even when the church met, not just the apostles, because there's some people that, you know, they want to say that dispensation is over with. You can't support that in the Bible. Jesus heals. So let's look at Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. In other words, when you see me, you see God. Have faith in God as he really is. Mark eleven twenty two. I read this to you at the beginning of the message tonight. <clears throat> Jesus replied, saying to them, have faith in God. November the 18th, 1870, Hudson Taylor told the story about how when he read this and understood what it meant in the Greek to have faith in God constantly and continually, Hudson Taylor wrote these words. He says, hold to the faithfulness of God for it has lit up many dark places in my thinking. It gave me a lift in life, and this is the basis for all truth. Truth is not found in biology. Truth is not found in psychology. Truth is not even found in theology unless, first of all, you have faith in God. And you will find out when you have faith in God, then psychology begins to make sense. And theology begins to make sense. And sociology begins to make sense. Science begins to make sense. 
I posted last night, if you haven't watched it yet, go to my Facebook page and click on the YouTube video of, of Dr. Francis Collins, whom I quoted Sunday morning in the service. Click on the YouTube video of this evangelical Christian that is the head of NIH, Dr. Fauci's boss, the one who helped discover the human genome. Go and watch his testimony. They just let him share his faith and everything right there on the Stephen Colbert Show. Friends, see God as he really is. Science, life will begin to make much more sense when you do that. Then the next thing is you get ready to pray for healing. And this is going to surprise some of you. Reject tradition. Reject tradition. You say, Pastor, what do you mean by that? Well, there's a story, a narrative left for us in the Bible about a Roman centurion that came to Jesus. Now, first of all, you need to know something. No Roman satyrium would have ever come to a Jew for prayer. No Roman satyrium would have ever come to a Jewish rabbi for prayer. That just wouldn't have happened. These were hardened, battled soldiers. They'd seen life at the worst part of it. Secondly, the Jews didn't want anything to do with the Romans. They wanted them run out of town. There was a whole movement called the Zealots and if you're watching The Chosen, you've seen some pretty good indications of that already, and I, I hope that you're watching that. But this Roman soldier breaks with tradition, and he comes to Jesus, and he says, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. Jesus marvels at his faith. There's a conversation that takes place there. Then Jesus said to the Roman soldier in verse 13, go back home because you have believed, because you've had faith in God, because you believe that God can, because you believe that God loves you, because you're seeing him as he is. In other words, just speak, the Lord, you don't even have to come to my house. Just say the word. He's seeing God as he really is. Now he's rejecting tradition, and he says, I'm going to Jesus because Jesus can do something about this. Because you believed it has happened, and the young servant was healed from that very same hour. Some of you watching tonight, you may be like many other people I know. You've come from traditions where you've been told that God doesn't heal the sick anymore. And you've got to break with that tradition, and you've got to look at the Word of God. You've read all the arguments that maybe somebody who told you it was just in the age of the apostles, but you've never taken time really to listen carefully to a series of messages like I've been giving you these last few weeks on healing, the foundations for healing. And I'm willing to help you learn more and study more, not just to keep spinning your wheels and asking questions, but if you're ready to ask God to heal you or to heal your family members, if you're willing to trust God, I'm willing to help you do that. Some of you come from a tradition that maybe it's only a priest or a pastor that can pray for you. But friends, we can pray for one another to be healed. As a dad, you should be praying for your, your children, for your wife. As a wife, you should pray for your husband and for your children. We should pray for our neighbors, for people that will let us pray for them. It's not the power is not invested in the clergy. The power is in your faith in God. The woman touched Jesus. The four men brought their friend to Jesus. The father said, if you can. And Jesus didn't rebuke it. Well, it was a slight rebuke. His harsh words were for the disciples. 
It was a slight rebuke, and Jesus brought his faith out, and Jesus will bring your faith out. And the man honestly said, Lord, I know that you can, but I struggle with unbelief, so help me with that. Reject your tradition. I would say this as well. Now, there are times if you've prayed and nothing's happening, then call, you know, come to the church. Let us anoint you with oil. Let us pray for you because we do believe the word of the Lord and we practice that. I love what Lutheran theologian Old Halsby said, and I have to thank um, a friend of mine many years ago for putting me on to this Lutheran theologian. I'd never heard about him, and then I also heard Dr. James Dobson has quoted him many times as well. But listen to this prayer that this Lutheran theologian prayed, and I think it just fits in with the pattern that I've been teaching you tonight. Lord, if it will be to your glory, heal suddenly. If it will glorify you more, heal gradually. If it will glorify you even more, may your servant remain sick a while. And if it will glorify your name still more, take him to yourself in heaven. Now, here's what I want you to know. We've got one more point to go, but I want you to listen. We've already established that healing is in the atonement. We've already established that God wants to heal. We've already established that some people aren't healed because they don't come to the Lord. In the second part of this message, we're going to look at seven things that will hinder your prayer of healing. But here's what I want you to know this evening. <clears throat> some people try to take this message way too far and say, God heals everyone every time. That's not necessarily true. You cannot support that from the Bible. Yes, healing is included in the atonement, but I think that old Halsby got this right. Let's look at that prayer again, if you'll put that back on the screen for me. Lord, if it will be to your glory, heal suddenly. That's not a prayer of doubt. He knows God can heal like that. If it will glorify you more, he'll gradually. He knows that God can heal him gradually. If it will glorify you even more, may your servant remain sick a while. I mean, he's just laying his hands open. And if it will glorify your name still more, take him to yourself in heaven. What old Halsby was praying here and how this prayer has inspired me is simply this. Paul says, do all for the glory of God. And when I pray for healing, I'm not worried about making a name for myself when I pray for others, but I do want God glorified. And friend, if you will not touch the glory of God, the impossibilities will become possible in your life. Let me say that again. If you will promise not to touch the glory of God, when God does something miraculous, it's not about me, it's not about this church. It's about the glory of God. And you can trust people and you can trust churches like that. So Halsby is, get, is, is, is saying, I get it. God heals. God can heal. God loves me. And, and I see him as he is. And I reject the tradition of saying he doesn't heal. And what I do want to do tonight is to say to him, God, whatever it takes, I want to know you and I want to glorify you. And finally this evening, boy, I have so much more to say. Keep Christ the healer 
as your center of attention. Keep Christ the healer as the center of your attention. When I'm praying for people to be healed, I oftentimes say to them, I just want you to focus on Jesus. I don't want you to try to get a mental image of Jesus in your mind, but I want you to focus on the Jesus you've read about in the Bible. And I'll say, tell me your favorite image of Jesus. And sometimes they'll say, Jesus walking on the water. Sometimes they'll say, Jesus blessing the children. Sometimes people will tell me about Jesus healing the sick. I said, that's what I want you to stay focused. I want your focus. While I'm praying for you, I want it to be on the Lord. I want you to agree with me in prayer. And you can listen to me pray and keep your focus upon Jesus. And I want you to agree with me in prayer. And so we pray and we keep our mind centered upon God. I don't profess to be the one that heals. James said, listen, listen. James said, and the prayer of faith will bring healing to the sick. He directly connects the healing with praying to God in faith, or praying to God through Jesus' name in faith. It's not magic. It's faith in Jesus. Healing is all of grace. So let's look at this passage tonight. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Not just sickness, but everything. Tell God what you need. Now stop. If you're sick and you're watching this, what do you need tonight? You need to be well. Where do you hurt? What needs to be mended? Are there broken bones? Are you hurting emotionally? Is there a broken heart? What needs to happen? Tell God what you need. God knows what you need, but sometimes we have to face our needs and admit them ourselves. And tonight, it may be that you need to say, Lord, I just need to know that you love me. Sometimes you, you may just need to say, God, can you? Will you? And don't be afraid of Jesus' rebuke or chastisement. Bring to him what the father did, what that uh, daddy did with his son. He says, Lord, I do believe. There are things that I pray about that are beyond the realm of possibility. Doctors and sometimes people say, it's just beyond, it's not going to happen. You know, I've, I have people, it's not going to happen. That doesn't stop me from praying. And you say, Pastor, do you believe it's going to happen? Absolutely. You know, I do. I really do believe it's going to happen. But it's not my believing that's going to make it happen. I agree with what old Halsby said there. So my job is to continue praying. Tell God what you need and then thank him for all he's done. I thank God for those in my life and who are for, for what they've represented. I thank God for the problems he's brought me through. I just, just begin to thank God. And you see, when you get as old as I am, you spend a lot of time thanking God because he's brought you through so much already. Then, now you're keeping your focus upon Jesus. This is what I want you to get. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. You won't understand the peace of God. Then, look at this. His peace then, as you are focused upon Jesus, he's the center of your attention. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, right and pure, lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise and keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me 
everything you've heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. So when I finish praying for the sick, I say, don't go back to focusing upon all the bad news. Don't go back to going, the cancer is going to kill me. The diabetes is going to kill me. Focus upon Jesus. Read the Gospels over and over. See what Jesus did. Read the New Testament passages about healing, the Old Testament passages about healing. Think all these things and then put into practice what you're learning and the God of peace will be with you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Yesterday, or actually last week, I, I called a friend who was diagnosed with cancer. We've been praying for her. We've been praying for her family. And so I called her, and she gave me the good news. The doctors went in, and they were able to remove all the cancer, get all clean margins, and they wanted to go through some radiation just to be sure. And I assured her this, this, this is a good thing. This is, you know, God heals through medicine as well as through miracles. But one of the things I kept hearing was the laughter in her voice, the lilt in her voice, the peace of God that was sustaining her. And over and over, she told me about people who were praying for her, praying with her, people that were supporting her and caring for her. You see, what was happening, she shared her prayer with others. She knew that she knew God can. She knew that God what loved her. She saw God as he was through Jesus Christ. She also rejected tradition because she came from a background that said God didn't do these kinds of things. But she also, tonight, she was fixing her mind on those things that are good and pure. She kept her mind on Jesus. So a little long tonight, I'll pick up with the second half of this message, not next Wednesday night, but the Wednesday night after next, and share with you how we pray for our healing. And we're going to deal with seven things that will keep us from receiving healing, and I want to deal with those as well. So would you join me in prayer right now? Lord, I know there are probably people who are listening this evening to this message. And God, I pray they will just feel overwhelmed with the love of God. I pray that, Lord, they will begin to sing, He's able, He's able. I know my God is able. Lord, I pray tonight that you're going to touch them and fill them with such confidence as they see you for who you really are. That's why you gave us the Gospels. And I pray, Lord Jesus, this evening as well, that if there's any tradition, if there's any false teaching in their background that says that either, Lord, you don't heal or that you heal all the time. Help them to come to terms with the fact that, Lord, you, it's all of grace. And when we don't see the miracle happen right away, we don't give up. And if the miracle is a long time in coming, we don't give up. But if it will bring glory to you, that's how we want you to respond to us in our time of need. And finally this evening, Lord, we say thank you. Help us. Our minds are prone to wonder. Help us keep our hearts and minds focused upon you. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen, amen, amen. I love you so much. Thanks for sticking with me tonight as I preach through this message. And please remember your tithes and your offerings tonight at Woodland Church. You can text 77977, keyword Woodland Church. That's all one word. Or go to our website, woodland.church, and you can click give there. God bless you, and may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit tonight.